0: Hey, this is Julie St. George with the Perfect Property Podcast. Today, we have Charlie Ute from Rosie's Roofing. Hey, Charlie. Hey, Julie. How are you? I am fantastic. Thanks for joining us. You started out in a profession that was entirely different from roofing. You have a master's degree in history. You have a PhD in history of technology and science. You were a professor. You went into roofing when you moved here to Atlanta, and you've never looked back. We appreciate everything you do here in Atlanta for all of the roofs you've installed. So you and your business partners, Ben Owens and Nancy Asiatico, started Rosie's Roofing. And for the past 13 years, you have been full residential and commercial roofing services here in Atlanta. You offer all kinds of inspections and consulting services. You concentrate on education, which we really appreciate. We want you to uh, educate our clients, and we do appreciate that. In addition to supporting local schools, the DeKalb County Disc Golf Course and the Candler Park Conservancy, you're a longtime underwriter of WABE and Public Radio. And you have been an expert witness in lawsuits related to roofing projects and installations. You've appeared on the Weather Channel, you've served as a roof consultant on commercials for Home Depot, and you continue to stay abreast of changes in the roofing industry. The roof on the house is one of the most important things, right? It keeps everybody safe inside. Tell us a little bit about different types of roofing that we see here in Georgia.
1: Well, the standard roof that you're going to see in Georgia's uh, either is going to be asphalt-based. And that's uh, what everyone just refers to as a shingle. Now, within the broad category of shingles, you're going to have different styles of shingles. Um, an entry-level shingle is going to be what they call a three-tab shingle. Uh, everyone might be familiar with that. If you look at a roof and you see a bunch of bricks that are horizontal, next to each other that is a three-tab shingle where each one of the rectangles is a tab and there are three of them on a shingle ergo three-tab shingle and that is an entry-level shingle it's it's quite durable you can have a happy life and raise good kids under it but it is has a lower life expectancy than the next grade of shingle called an architectural shingle and that what what differentiates an architectural shingle from a three-tab is that it is laminated meaning that there are two layers laminated together. And what that does, number one, is it makes for a very pretty roof because you have a three dimensional shingle as opposed to a two dimensional shingle. And so there's texture and depth on the roof, which looks very nice, but it is also significantly more durable. So, for example, a three tab shingle is going to have a 25 year material warranty. And I can talk a little bit more about warranties later. Uh, A 25-year material warranty and a 60-mile-an-hour wind resistance. When you move to an architectural shingle or a laminated shingle, that is going to have a 50-year material warranty and 110-mile-an-hour wind resistance. So it's much heavier, much more durable, and looks a lot nicer. And those are really the two uh, most common shingles in the Atlanta market and actually uh, nationwide just because the price performance is excellent for asphalt-based shingles.
0: We do see different types of roofs here. We have flat roofs, we have pea gravel, we have clay tiles. In Atlanta, what is the percentage of architectural or three-tab regular shingles compared to some of the other roof options that are out there?
1: You know, we're always gonna go after the asphalt-based shingles is probably the next, you know, most common roofing material or cladding is going to be a roll roof. And that's what, you know, what determines where you can install a particular roofing material comes down to pitch generally, like how steep a roof is will tell you a lot about what you can install on it. So as your roof becomes flatter, uh, such as a mid-century modern house or, say, one of the big porches on these 1920s houses down in Grant Park or Candler Park or Emmett Park, those are going to require a roll roofing product generally known as modified bitumen. And why you use a rolled roofing product as opposed to shingles is because if you have a flat roof system, you can get wind-driven rain that is pushed up under the leading edge of a shingle. And once it gets under that leading edge of a shingle, it'll hit the nails and start to follow the shaft of the nail right down into your roof system and right out the decking. So when you have a low-pitch roof like that, you want a rolled roofing product on there that is welded. Okay, so it's sealed so that no wind driven rain can get up under the leading, you know, the bottom edge of the roll. And it's essentially a good way to think about it is putting a pool liner on your roof, although it's got a granule like a shingle. So you can oftentimes match the color of your roll roofing to your shingle color Hmm. um, if you have the two together. And then on more exotic roofing, um, there's a whole dimension or, or, or category called single ply roofing. This is where you get into the real energy efficient uh, materials like TPO thermopolyolefin. That is a white sheet that is actually more durable and longer lasting than modified bitumen. It's also for a low pitch application, but more importantly, uh, TPO is a lead certified cool roof membrane, and so it reflects 85 uh, percent of ambient light, and so it stays cool to the touch. And will help uh, with energy efficiency. So a lot of like earthcraft building will use TPO, and so those are you know common things. And then and then beyond that, you're going to look at your slate tile, uh, like barrel tile, Spanish tile roofs, and then you can have the old classic actual slate. And then there's also composites that are basically synthetic slate, synthetic tile, or synthetic shake, and those are a really nice option. Um, They're no less expensive than an actual slate roof or an actual tile roof. The difference is you don't have to reframe your house to handle the weight of slate, which might be, a, you know, fifteen hundred pounds per hundred square feet. Whereas a composite slate, which looks, you know, almost identical to a real slate, might only run three hundred pounds per square. So you can, you know, the application for the composites are much wider than actual slate
0: tile. And we have pea and gravel and metal roofing as well.
1: You do metal roofing, certainly. Um, that would probably be the next uh, largest category. Uh, bay windows, dormers um, are generally where you're putting the standing seam or or exposed fastener roofing. I think this is a really interesting thing to, to pay attention to. When I run appointments, people are like, oh, I want a metal roof on my house. And the idea is that metal is going to last forever. It's not going, you know, it's as close to zero maintenance as you can get. Uh, one of the things I always want to point out these are really two kinds of metal roofing. There is one that's called exposed fastener, where you have a panel and in that panel it is secured using screws with neoprene washers that go directly through the top of the panel. The other one is called standing seam, where you have all the fasteners are hidden underneath the panel and the panels actually clip together. And where they differ is on an exposed fastener metal roof at some point those fasteners that are exposed to the elements the gasket wears out on the screws or they will back out and you have a leak everywhere you have a screw Mm. and it's not it's not a matter of if it is absolutely a win and you only have one really one opportunity to uh, replace the screws you have to pull that existing screw out and put one of a larger bore into that same hole and with standing seam, you never have those issues. All right. That's the metal roof. that's going to last a lot longer. And so once I start talking about standing seam versus exposed fastener, people are like, well, I want the standing seam. And then oftentimes I see the price and I'm like, well, maybe I'll do shingles. So, okay. <laughs> um, but it's a, it's a beautiful, you know, a standing seam metal roof is a beautiful roof and it is long lasting. It comes in a bunch of different colors. You want a red roof, a green roof, gold roof, you can have it. You know? So, and uh, you know,
0: Well, and that's one of the things that I appreciate about Rosie's and and about your team, you and the roofers on your team is you have so much education and so many certifications to be able to talk about and really educate your clients. And that's where we are really similar with our, how we treat our clients. It's just educating them. You've taught me a lot about roofs over the years. And I'm going to name a few little things here. Does the direction of your house make a difference to your roof in terms of how long it lasts or what type you need?
1: not necessarily in terms of the type you need but absolutely in terms of how long the roof will last and you know i had alluded earlier to the warranty period so save on our asphalt-based shingle a manufacturer will offer a warranty on a 3 tab shingle that's 25-year material warranty and a 50-year material warranty on an architectural shingle that isn't a vacuum that does not reflect re- uh, that shingle Performing in real life when exposed to Georgia weather and especially heat. And so the orientation of your house really matters. If you have slopes of your roof that are southern facing and western facing, they will not last 25 years because they just get cooked. You know, so you would expect on a 25 year material warranty on a three type shingle, a southern slope and a western slope will probably be worn out by 16 to 18 years on an architectural shingle, about 25 years. But on that same roof that northern slope is going to look great Um, it'll have some algae on it but all the granules will be adhered and you will probably that slope could probably go 30 years without any you know issues so the direction it's facing has a lot to do with how well that will wear
0: and a lot of listing agents or a lot of sellers don't recognize that, right? They just don't understand that that is a possibility. They say, well, no, it's a 30-year roof. You're fine. And you say, well, I'm sorry. Look, you're missing half the granules and you've got tabs that are coming up and you've got nail pops. You've got all kinds of things going on with this roof. This needs to be replaced. And you give us such great inspection reports that we can actually show them what's going on on their roof. Nobody goes up on their roof if it's a steep pitch, unless it's you guys. Tell us a little bit about your inspection process and how you do that for our clients?
1: Well, one of the things is, you know, we always say inspect what you expect because everything is suspect. And, (laughs) and sometimes, oftentimes I'm not the first person to come out and look at a roof. You know, clients are looking at multiple, you know, roofers to come out there. And so when I'm out there, a roof, you know, a client will tell me, Hey, you know, I had X company look at it and they said, I've got all these issues on here. I need to replace my roof. And I said, okay, they, they told you about it, but did they show it to you? Well, no, no, he showed, me a, you know, he showed me a little picture on his phone. Well, our approach is different. When I inspect a roof, one of the things I want to do is first look at it in a totality. How is the system wearing? Not just one patch, but the components, the pipe boots, the flashings, the valleys. Uh, is there an area on the roof where a lot of debris will pile up? Because that's going to be a problematic area. So I'm not only looking at the issue I'm being called out to, I'm looking at everything on the roof. And once I identify either what the issue is or the overall condition of the roof, I mark it up, I'm a little piece of chalk, so I make little notes to myself, and then we shoot a video. So I give you a tour of your roof so that you can see exactly what's going on and also in relationship to the other components on the roof. So you get a tour. And I will say I have some clients who find it very vertigous to be watching a video where I'm walking across a ridge, like, whoa, I can't watch this. So that's kind of fun. But at the end of the day, what it means is when I come down and put together a proposal, it might be that, hey, you don't need a new roof. This is the only thing that you need to fix. And you have three to five years left on it. And here's the video to show you exactly what I mean. And then sometimes I'm out there for repair. And I said, this is just not a repairable roof. This whole thing needs to be replaced. And again, you know, you got a three minute video of me walking around talking about all the different elements and why it's worn out. And what we find is it, it starts our relationship with the client off on a foot where everything is transparent. You know, I'm not just telling them they need something, I'm showing them why.
0: And it's not just a bird's eye view. This is you getting down on your hands and knees, pointing little things out with your fingers, drawing circles around each thing that needs to be looked at. It is not you are sending up a drone up in the sky and doing pictures from 20 feet up. You are crawling around on that roof like a squirrel. I don't know how you guys do it. I can't watch the videos. They make me dizzy. Um, And You've sent them to me, but I can't handle it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they make right. me way too dizzy. I mean, I can't believe some of the roofs you guys get up on. So, um cheers for that because we really do appreciate that view and that take on your educational part of your company. We really do appreciate that.
1: Well, I, I you know, for us, you know, one reason why a lot of the industry has moved to the drone inspection or worse, they just come in with a satellite image of it and mm-hmm. walk around the perimeter, you can't diagnose a leak by from a drone. You have to get up there and on the roof and looking at it to scope it properly and really figure out what the issue is. And I'm always blown away when I am, again, not the first person, you know, company out there. And there'd be two other companies and all they did was, you know, one did a drone, one did a satellite image. It's like, how, how can they possibly know that there's a slight gap at the chimney, you know, flashing? And that's the cause of this whole leak. So, mm-hmm. you know, it is really about being as specific as we can. And you gotta, you got to do the grunt work and get on the roof.
0: Yep. And you're not boots on the ground. You're boots on the roof for sure. Right. And we appreciate that. Charlie, tell us the top three things we need to know about roofing.
1: All right. The top three things to know about roofing is number one, roofs are not zero maintenance. All right. People have this idea, especially after they've got a new roof, that that means that, hey, I've got a 10-year workmanship warranty from your company and I've got a 50-year shingle. And so that means I don't need to worry about this you know, for 50 years. And roofs have to be maintained, just like cars have to be maintained. And most importantly, you got to keep them clean. And there are some critical areas, flat roofs and valleys. All right. a valley is where you have the two pitches come together, which create basically a, a crevasse between the two slopes. And if you live in an area that are, you know, on a plot of land that has a lot of trees, if you let leaves build up in those valleys and you let leaves build up on that flat roof, Even if it's a new roof, you're going to have problems sooner rather than later. So whether it's a gutter guy, you know, the gutter installer or the lawn guy or you or send your kid up there uh, with a blower, keep those areas clean uh, periodically. So that's that's number one. They're not zero maintenance. Number two, roofs should be inspected on a regular basis, even if you don't have leaves up there, they should be inspected on a regular basis because components on that roof will wear out. So your shingle, again, might look great, but there are flashings and cocks and sealants and pipe boots that do not have the same durability as the shingle. And over time, uh, again, exposure to weather and, and sun especially, they will start to break down. And so for most people, the first time they spot that is when they have a stain on there. Uh, so get your roof inspected every couple of years, and as it ages even a little bit more and we do offer you know free roof inspections have us come out take a look at it uh we'll look at we also offer maintenance programs so if you are one of those folks that gets a lot of leaves on your roof but don't have anyone to clean it off we can put together an annual program that will do that third if you do have a leak and you spot that stain on the ceiling do not put it off uh getting it addressed I have homeowners who call me, and I go out there, and I look up, and it's like, whoa, how long has this leak been going on? Well, we noticed it last year, uh, and then it got you know, a little worse, and it got a little worse. And I'm looking at you know the ceilings caved in in the corner. And it's like, well, now it's not just a roof repair. It's like the deck, and I'm going to have to you know, run a new rafter. So these issues, water will destroy your house. So if you see a leak, get on it right away. And those, those are really the top three
0: things. And we just had a mold episode that we just recorded. So it takes 24 hours for mold spores to start growing from moisture. So not only do you have to replace the roof, the sub roof, the rafters need to be cleaned, then you've got mold behind the walls and then you've got all kinds of stuff. So now you're talking about a whole repair that could have been easily taken care of had you just been on top of it from the get-go. Exactly. Yep.
1: One thing I really appreciate about the realtors that I work with is they understand this very clearly don't just rely on the home inspector's report on the roof as to whether it's in shape uh, home inspectors even the ones recommended by you i know you have a really good home inspector but they're they're a jack of all trades so they're they know something about hvac and electrical and plumbing and a little bit about roofing but be very aware when you're looking through an inspection report did the inspector get on the roof? A lot of times they don't. Their, their insurance won't let them get on something steep. Their nerve won't let them get on something steep. I don't blame them. And this is one of the single most expensive items that you can replace on a roof. So before you buy a house, call someone like Rosie's to come out and do an inspection on the roof to so you know exactly what's going on there. And that you know that's a, a pitfall is homeowners not... Not having the roof inspected, and then I'm out there. It's like this thing's toast. Well, our inspectors said we had years left, you know. And they don't. And then the other thing to be aware of when buying a house is find out from the current owners if they have any information on who installed the roof. You know, some folks don't even think about passing that on to the buyers. And again, I've been with clients where they're on a roof that's three years old and it's leaking, and they just bought the house. And they're like, well, this is clearly a warranty issue. Any idea who put this roof on? No idea. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's it's frustrating for the buyer because this would be, if they could just identify the company, they could call them and probably have this a for free. So ask for any information you can from the seller uh, as to who, what they know about the roof and who did it.
0: Absolutely. That's a good warning for people to get that all the information that they can about it. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Charlie, tell us a little bit about the nonprofit that Rosie's also has. Well, last
1: year, 2022, Rosie set up a, a nonprofit organization called Raids of the Roof, which is um, a, a just underneath, it's a nonprofit underneath Rosie's roofing. And we did this to try and make an organization that was um, both legit and a, a concrete organization to basically help out neighbors in need that need a new roof or roof repairs. Uh, in the past, we didn't have the, like this set up, but we still donated roofs to like organizations like Kirkwood Cares, where they would identify a resident, generally elderly, only lower income, who needed repairs done at their house or a new roof. And it was just well beyond their means to get good work. And so we would donate the material and the labor and go out and just work with Kirkwood Cares and replace it. And we were trying to branch out uh, and do something a little more broader within the community. So we set up the nonprofit and we also uh, have been in touch with our suppliers, our manufacturers, like GAF, about donating materials uh, if we locate the projects. And, you know, I've, I've also worked with um, Neighbors in Need, which is a program here, at least in town, to let them know that we're ready to go when, when they need us. Um, but basically, we're looking for candidates. If you, if you have someone who you know fits some really loose criteria, reach out to Rosie's Roofing and say, I have somebody um, that needs a roof that is lower income and just need some help. And we'd love to come out and work with them and see what we can do.
0: And we appreciate that. We know you're ingrained in Atlanta's every single neighborhood. I've sent you on inspections all over the place and you (laughs) always come back with really great information. You know what you're doing. You have a great team out there and we really appreciate seeing your signs everywhere. Every time I see a sign in somebody's yard, it makes me smile because I know that that roof is getting taken care of.
1: Oh, cool. You know, it's, it's interesting because as we've grown in the last 13 years, um, I used to know every single roof that we did because I was generally part of that roof. And now I'll be driving through Atlanta, you know, I'll be 10 miles from my house. I'll take a left, I'll take a right in the neighborhood. And there's a Rosie's roofing sign. I had no idea that we were anywhere near that. And that makes me feel good too.
0: Yeah, it's great. I've loved your success. Are there any horror stories you want to tell us?
1: The horror stories... Are you know when you're you know we're out in Northcrest neighborhood right now, which is one of the largest mid-century modern neighborhoods east of the Mississippi. I mean, there's several hundred mid-century moderns out there, and it's tongue and groove ceilings and tongue and groove deck. And there's a lot you know there's a lot to do out there to replace a roof on a mid-century modern. And some of these folks just let the the deferred maintenance go. And you end up just having to rebuild large parts of this beautiful home. And, you know, we do it, but it's just like, man, you know, if you, you would save so much money just getting on it. So if you have, if you have a complicated home, don't put off maintenance is all I can say, you know?
0: Yeah. I do a lot in um, Northcrest. I have a listing going up there this week, actually. Tomorrow it goes live and uh, I spread your name all over in Northcrest all the time. So I know that you do those complicated roofs and I appreciate it. Yeah. A lot of my clients over there have used you. Cool. Do you want to talk about solar at all?
1: The solar shingle industry is in its infancy right now. And I track it because we live in an area, A, that gets a lot of sun, and B, a lot of people are interested in moving to you know, green technologies. And Tesla was really the first to put out a, a somewhat commercially viable solar shingle. And, of course, that's folded since then. The most exciting thing to come down the pike, though is GAF, which is the largest the largest manufacturer of shingles in the United States, has also developed a solar shingle product that integrates into their shingles. So you're not putting a panel on your roof. you don't mm. need to follow the model of Tesla, where it's a, a really different kind of photo- photovoltaic uh, panel that you then have to cover your entire roof with. In this case, they will determine the size of the array that you need. And then basically the shingle itself is full of And so you can have your installers uh, who put on your shingles, install it just like a shingle. And mm-hmm. then you have the other people, the electricians come and, and wire it. Um, and this is just a, a fascinating uh, adventure by GAF. We tried to get in as a, on the pilot program. But unfortunately, to be in the pilot program, you needed to spend one hundred twenty thousand dollars to be in the pilot program, and uh, so we weren't ready to do that. But this is you know it's still several years away. But once once that product's available, we are going to absolutely jump on it because I know we have a great market here for it. And uh, but then aside from that, you know just if for for people who are interested in solar panels on their roof, replace the roof first. Because um, if if your roof's like five years old, you could go with it. But if you have an older roof, say 10, 11 years old, go ahead and replace your roof now. It just is an expense to the solar panels because when it comes time to replace your roof, you're going to have to have those solar panels taken off and then reinstalled. So, you know, but that's uh, that's it in terms of like sort of the, the solar components of roofing right now.
0: Great. Awesome. Charlie, thank you so much. This has been really fantastic. I know our clients love you and we look forward to many happy years of good roofing.
1: Hey, thanks, Julie. Take care.
0: All right. Thank you. This has been the Perfect Property Podcast by Julie St. George. For more information, shoot me an email, julie, J-U-L-I, at theperfectproperty.com. Shoot me a text or give me a call, 404-668-8975, or check us out on the web, theperfectproperty.com. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the host and guest only. They are not the views and opinions of Keller Williams Realty International, Keller Williams Heart of Atlanta Group, or Keller Williams Realty In-Town Atlanta, equal housing opportunity.